Hi, Juliet. Hi, Rach. We're recording the pod today. It's been a while. Do you guys miss us? We know you do. We know that you do. <laughs> um, this is a really fun episode today. We have like many parts to it. Um, it's like a multi-parter. Yeah. First of all, we're going to talk about what everyone is freaking out about, Instagram likes going away. Yep. Don't worry, guys. It's not as bad as you think. It's all going to be okay. Then we talk about some drama circulating YouTube that has gone into the mainstream. Even the New York Times is talking about this. The Toddy Westbrook Brook James Charles feud that is really just more than a feud and it's really talking about like YouTube culture. Who's canceled and who's not? Find out here. But no, we know you don't know who these people are. That's why we're talking about it because people yeah. are texting us being like, what is this thing? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we have a special guest today yes, who we do. is one of our wedding – from one of our wedding filmmaker friends, Taylor Juarez from Ladybird Studios. Instead of sourcing an anonymous question um, from the pod today, we are going to talk to her because she is the studio manager for Ladybird and actually started their social media and had some really great tips when we met her a couple months ago at a conference in Las Vegas. And we thought it would be really applicable to everyone listening because – you know, they're running a small business. She has some great tips for sort of doing sales calls and talking to your customers. So And sharing really content good. on Instagram exactly. and just like going the extra step. Like I think mm-hmm. the the theme sort of with her is like you put so much work into whatever yeah. it is you're doing, the campaign, the sweepstakes, the launch, like don't get lazy. Mm-hmm. You know? And then we play Instagram roulette, but it's been like so long since we played that we like yeah. Went down some holes. Yeah, so we have a little twofers in there with some do you follow. Some do you follows. My favorite follows. Instagram. <laughs> make it to if you make it to the end of this episode, you will hear my favorite, what I think is the best Instagram account on the internet. Yeah, Rachel said Hard full stop. stop. It's her favorite. It's my favorite. <laughs> um but you gotta make it to the end. Yeah. So come along for the ride and let's jump in and listen <laughs> to this week's episode. <laughs> What's the hot goss this week, Rach? <laughs> well, I'm really most interested in talking about Tati and James Charles. Me too. But, like, let's start with Instagram because I feel like people care. Mm-hmm. Whenever any time Instagram makes a change, people freak out. People just don't like change. Remember when they changed the logo? Everyone got so spooked. I was going to say, I feel like it's just, like, every couple years I do this same thing where yeah. I'm, like, one, you need to chill out, but two, don't get yourself in a position where mm-hmm. it matters that much. It's like these businesses that go out of business yeah, because they're so reliant on the platforms. It's like you have to have a relationship with your customers. Yeah. Beyond the they, likes. Yeah. Like <laughs> that they come to your website or they yeah. come to your store. You can't be or platform they, dependent. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like you just can't. For a sustainable business. If you just want to, like, play for a little bit, like, totally. I mean, I get it. Like, every business is different. Like, if you're, like, just making content and it's just distributed and it's distributed a lot of places and you're paid to license the content, Mm -hmm. like, that's one thing. You know what I mean? Like, production studios have, like, existed forever. But it's, like, there's just been so many examples of people who are overly reliant. But, okay, so that's one thing. So it's like, I understand why for those people it matters. Like, don't get yourself in that position in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I think, too, like, likes are the dumbest, like, the dumbest metric anyway. Yeah. They always have what it. Is, what do you, let's, like, dig into what even is a like. Well, you know what's really <laughs> funny? I said this, I, like, posted on LinkedIn the other day. If I'm following someone on Instagram and I see, like, one photo from them that I don't like, I like unfollow Me too. them. I do that too. Like it's, it's like, like I either that. like I'm either following them because I follow like two groups of people. Like people like you who I actually know and I'm gonna like everything you post. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> or people that I feel obligated to follow for like a business reason, mm-hmm. which fine, mm-hmm. maybe I wouldn't like all their stuff, but I never followed them because I liked them anyway. I followed them to, like, spy on them for a business reason. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, like, anyone in between, it's like... It's not worth the follow. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you real feel really... But also, like, a like 
in 2019 is such a passive form of engagement at this point. It yeah. doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember when people were like, oh my God, people can see my stories. Like, my crush is looking at my story. What does that mean? And I was like, it doesn't mean anything. Okay, I can't talk. <laughs> this is something I feel really strongly about that I always have to, like, bite my tongue. I, like, talk about my girlfriends will, like, bring this up. Like, how a guy, like, did or didn't interact with, like, mm-hmm. their Instagram. Yeah. And I'm just like... I mean, it depends on, like, the circumstance and, like, how real I want to be. But I'm like, this doesn't mean anything. No. Like, okay, like, here's a really good example. A really good example. I was with a friend of ours recently, and she posted, like, a major life update on her Instagram. And mentioned that someone didn't interact with it. And we the conversation was about how this person, like, isn't a very good friend, which she's not. Yeah. So, like, the yeah. the premise and the context was, like... Um, accurate Uh but I was like but her not engaging with your Instagram like actually doesn't prove this argument because like maybe she just didn't see it and people like don't don't realize that yeah you know what I mean um totally like she probably just didn't see it yeah I I think people forget that but so right I think the thing but anyway I think the people who seem to be freaking out the most about likes are like it seems like it's like influencers and brands yeah Regular people don't care about this. And they I'm like, care. okay, but if you're a brand, if you want to if you want to work with an influencer and you want to know if they have good engagement, you shouldn't be doing it off of their likes. You should be getting screenshots of their insights. Mm-hmm. And if you're an influencer, the same thing. <clears throat> like, people shouldn't be hiring you because you have a lot of likes. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And also what we've been saying for years is, like, comments are the most meaningful in all of this. <laughs> Like, to comment on an Instagram post means mm-hmm. that you have, like, there's, like, many layers that you've gotten to to get to the point that makes you want to mm-hmm. actually write out words and say something mm-hmm. about that. So that's more meaningful. But I actually also would argue it's, like, saves and screenshots, too. Because yes. I never comment. Yes. My, like, number one motivation on Instagram, generally on my personal Instagram, is, like, trying to help other people. Mm-hmm. So most of my Instagram posts are promoting a friend's business, a friend's event, a client's campaign, like something that I'm like, this is someone I care about and I want to use my like small following to support them. And like Mm -hmm. once in a while I'll post like, look at this cute picture of me and my dad, but like 99% of the time. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to comment, it's only because of that, because I'm like, oh, Juliet like did something she's proud of or like cares about, so I want to like comment. Mm Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I, like, don't comment, but I screenshot and save a ton. If there's, yeah. like, any product I want to buy, yeah, I screenshot or save it. I think it. that's more, yeah. Or influence when influencers post about things. But I think, like, I'm thinking of the most engaged posts that I have in that, like, uh, love stories we have. And it's, like, people are tagging each other yes. to, like, to share like, it. To it's like a this. share. Yes. Yeah. It's like the version of a Facebook. Exactly. You're right. You're right. It's yeah. like the same version of a Facebook share. But saves and screenshots are for, like, intent to purchase. Yeah, yeah, Or, yeah. like, you really want to go back and, like, dig deeper yeah. on something. Okay, something I do a lot that I don't know if other people do is I'll see an Instagram, okay, like, yesterday – Hitched with a hashtag who's, like, a wedding vendor that's, like, in our love club posted that she was having a giveaway. So I used, like, the airplane button to mm-hmm. post it to my stories because mm-hmm. I was trying to, like, share it and mm-hmm. support her. Yes. I didn't comment on it because yeah. I don't have anything to say about it. I didn't tag one friend. Instead, I shared it to my 15,000 yeah. followers. Mm-hmm. On your but story. can you see how you can see okay, that? Okay, that's a metric. That's actually like really, a super important metric. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I've seen that a lot with like a lot of these accounts that are more like they're doing like quotes or like text ca- like yeah. posts. Yeah. People share those a lot to yeah. their story now. It's like Tumblr. Exactly. It's like Tumblr. You should call it Tumbling. I don't know what the exact metric is called, but that's something that is also important. Totally. But anyway, so I think, like, I guess my two bullet points about this update are, like, one, it's, like, these platforms are always going to evolve and change. Mm -hmm. So what I've always said all the time is, like, when these platforms do a new feature, you should adopt the feature as quickly as you can. Whether it's live streaming, even if you think you don't have something to live stream, if they're promoting live stream, you should do it. If it's shopping, like... Even if it's, like, hard for you to get set up or you only sell, like, one product, like, try to do it Mm -hmm. Um, because that's, like, what they, you know, they, like, will promote. So that's, like, thing one. And thing two is just, like, 
don't get yourself in a situation where you're so reliant on like one platform or one aspect that the changes really like screw you over. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just don't think the likes, but on the flip, I don't think the likes are going to impact anyone at all. Mm -hmm. Because you can still see them on your end. You can still see them on your end. Exactly. And the algorithm is still going to promote stuff based on likes. Exactly. So let's talk about like the fun thing that we want to talk about. Yes. Okay. I have gotten so <laughs> many texts and emails. I mean, partially because of Birchbox, but people being like, why is the drama between Toddy and James in the New York Times? Yes. Like, what <laughs> is the going main on? Question. Okay. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, James Charles is one of the one of the biggest YouTubers mm-hmm. generally and one of the biggest um, beauty YouTubers for sure. He was the first male cover girl. Right. So to, three years ago. Right. He like rose to fame in this sort of like unprecedented way for a YouTuber because of that. Right. Like the Kardashians talk about him. Like he just went to the Met he, Gala. Yeah, he's like mainstream. So to be a cover girl, if you're not familiar with beauty, it's like cover girl, like very specifically. It's not like other brands that just like randomly put different celebrities and influencers in their content. Cover girl, like names people like a cover girl. It's like a very specific contract, mm-hmm. um, which has so, like typically just been celebrities, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's sort of mainstream. He's very young. He's 19. He's very pretty. Um, okay, Toddy Westbrook is like an OG YouTuber. She's 37. Mm-hmm. She has been doing this forever. Ever. She had like a very decent following, but not like one of the biggest. She mm-hmm. built it like slowly but surely. I read a stat that she's done a video every weekday, like since she launched her channel in Whoa. 2011. Yeah, That's so amazing. she built it like, you know, slowly but surely. Okay, so the news, and then we'll give you the backstory, but the news is that they're – feuding which is like super common on YouTube mm-hmm. and she posted a video a like 43 minute a 43 long minute video. video um like outlining why she's like friend break friend breaking up with him mm-hmm. and it went viral because she's relatively famous and he's super famous mm-hmm. and he lost like three the last time million. I read three million followers yeah. and she has gained like five or something yeah so okay so that's like the tent poles of like the situation yeah um and the reason that we can go into the backstory the reason it's in the new york well people are asking us like why do you think it's the new york times whatever i believe the reason it's getting so much mainstream press is not just because he's a little bit mainstream Mm -hmm. but because like YouTube cancellation culture yeah. and YouTube loyalty culture are, like, exactly. these big phenomenons that, like, these editors have probably been mm-hmm. looking for a way to, like, describe and write about. And yeah. this is maybe, like, the biggest, most mainstream example. Yeah. Um, I was, like, Joe Rogan was saying, like, all oh, the journalists wait, are just... Joe Rogan? He has that podcast that, like, a lot of straight men, like... Uh, uh, Barstool Sport? <laughs> no. He interviews, like, um, Elon Musk and, like, everyone under the sun. And, like, he kind of has, like, a... Joe Rogan. <laughs> Stand-up comedian. <laughs> He's a comedian, yeah. Okay. Never um, heard of him. <laughs> like, he was talking about it. He was like, these journalists are just, like... They just want clicks, like they're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. And I, I just think that's like a little bit of a cop-out. Yeah. Like, this, this there's is like a cultural thing. It it's is. like in the zeitgeist and it's so like... It's just because you, Joe Rogan, who I don't even know and now I don't yeah. like, don't watch beauty YouTube videos. Like, yes. I just think this is the first time in a long time when culture has been like so divided by age Mm -hmm. which maybe every generation says that but it's like okay our parents like listened to records and their parents like didn't or whatever but like and maybe they didn't like get it I'm using air quotes but there wasn't like the internet where like if you're of a certain age like you literally don't like know how to get to the content you don't like know how to navigate you don't know how to like understand like like, there's such a divide yeah. between, like, people who are 13 and their entire uh-huh. life happens online and YouTube is their, like, main form of entertainment and, like, yeah. everyone, yeah. their parents' age. Like, I just think it's, like, a starker divide. Mm-hmm. 
um, than ever. So like, I actually think it's really relevant to be like helping the olds understand. Because there's like so many YouTubers that have an audience of millions. Yeah. yeah. None of us have even heard of. That's and exactly they, right. Our elders have definitely, definitely not heard of. Right. So the backs are so okay. So the two main like themes to this feud are like loyalty culture and cancellation culture on YouTube. So the loyalty thing. So the reason the feud started is because gummy vitamins, gummy, gummy vitamins, <laughs> melatonin, and sugar. Okay. So Tati has um, Tati Westbrook has her own vitamin company. It's called Halo. Hey, I, is that Halo? Yeah, okay, they're like vitamins, and you know, all kinds of YouTubers have like products. And YouTubers, the way they get big is by collabing with each other. That's like a fact. Like that's how you get big on YouTube. It's like other YouTubers like put you in their videos or their TikToks or their Instagrams, and you like do stuff together and do trades and co-promote each other's products. Like that is how you grow. Which is how, like, so loyalty, I mean, I think two things. I think, one, loyalty is, like, a weird, like, mass cultural thing right now. Like, if you look at, like, all the Kardashian feuds and, like, all the, like, um, Cardi B feuds. Like, loyalty is, like, such a weird thing that people are into now. Yeah. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. It's, like, this trashy, like, loyalty, like, crossover thing. But anyway, but so on YouTube. So anyway, so Tati asked James to promote her vitamins And he was like, honestly, most of my followers are like 13. Like, I just don't think it's going to feel authentic and like resonate, which I sort of get, but I also think it's like, he's 19 and he would take these. So like, I think actually what's authentic is just like talking about what you do, not Mm -hmm. like what your audience wants, but fine. And Taddy was like, okay, fine. That like makes sense to me. Then he was at Coachella and he did like a spawn Mm-hmm. For hate, um, for sugar bear sugar hair, bear, which is yeah. like the more famous vitamins. Yep. He alleges this is where I'm really getting into the details that you guys probably don't care about. He alleges the reason he did it is because he was like in a security situation where he felt like endangered, and like the brands at Coachella all have like big teams there and lots of resources and like activations, and a lot of his friends were like working with sugar bear hair and he knew that they had like a big team there that could come like help him out of this like sticky situation so he was like if I do a spawn for you will you like help me probably he just wanted like better tickets so convoluted right okay (laughs) so Tati sees him do this promotion for her competitor essentially Mm -hmm. and it's like the straw that broke the camel's back in their like relationship yeah and she posts like a breakup video which the thing that's so relevant is that she's like a 37 year old, like pretty yeah. articulate, like intelligent woman uh-huh. and made this like video. It's like, she she's doesn't composed. cry. She's like composed. Yeah. It's like, usually these videos are like of a teen, like just digging themselves into a deeper yeah. hole, like crying hysterically. And it's like eight minutes long. Right. And it's like, yeah, done on their phone. Yeah. <laughs> also, she did this like smart thing, which her videos called by sister. Because mm-hmm. his fans are called the sisters. Mm-hmm. Sister. And she didn't, like, put his name in it, in the title, which is, like, a really low blow because it, like, doesn't even help yeah. him, like, in search. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, you know, but anyways. Whoa. I know. The layers of The this. layers. Okay, so the other things about him that were, like, problematic is he, like, allegedly had maybe been, like, using his money and power to, like, coerce, like, younger men into, like, relationships or like Mm -hmm. uncomfortable relationships and he also made like a terrible joke once about like Ebola and thought Africa was like a country and like so he was already a little problematic but like everyone on you that stuff seems like pretty par for the course on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Anyways so I guess the point is like why is New York Times writing about this because this is like a phenomenon that happens every day. Oh and then there's other accounts called like Tea Spill and like what's the other one? I don't know that like their news outlets on YouTube that all they do is talk about yeah. YouTube news. Yes. And they've, like, gained a ton of followers, yeah. like, from this and views. Like, we get the tube filter emails, which right. is more, like, YouTube and, like, internet video culture mm-hmm. news. And it usually, like, you hear that stuff weekly and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. But this, like, has went, transcended. Yes. Which is so right. fascinating. So I think that's why, okay, so that's, like, loyalty. Like, the biggest thing on YouTube is loyalty. Like, mm-hmm. 
do you support like your friends? Like, do you like support their products? Do you like go to their events? Do you like collab with them? Yeah. Um, and then the cancellation thing is like just people being canceled. But yeah, the thing is, the like, thing. the whole point I think in 2019 is like you're ne- no one's ever really canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what does being canceled even mean? I mean, like, who's the most canceled person and they're, like, not? It's Alex like, Jones? Oh, but he's only canceled. No. He's, he's like canceled, canceled to on us. Twitter. I mean, like, <laughs> Louis C.K. was canceled, but he's, like, not. Yeah. Like, Mel Gibson was canceled, but he's, like, not. Like, PewDiePie mm-hmm. is, like, a Nazi, and he was, like, canceled, yeah. but he's, like, not. Like, you can always come back. Like, people just mm-hmm. are never really mad enough. Yep. So I hope that helps people, like, understand. We're happy to, like, answer more yeah. questions about it. It's – I keep – like, people who don't know anything about this are like, have you heard about this thing? And I'm like, oh, man. I know. <laughs> mm. So I guess the other thing that I would say that I think is relevant to this podcast is, like, y'all, like, need to understand YouTube and TikTok. Yes. Like, oh if gosh. you're listening to this, your job is probably in marketing or you just, like, love me, Juliet. And – like, okay, so what's, like, some good advice to someone to, like, like how, how to, like, get, get started? Okay, who are some people you like on – here's what I would do. We're going to mm-hmm. tell you some people we like on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You should just start watching some of their videos, and it will just – that's, like, all you need to do. YouTube will, like, do the rest for you. Yeah, exactly. They will, like, mention a friend or, like, will recommend someone to you. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess start with Toddy. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we just talked about her. I really love um, Nabella. Oh, Yeah. I'm, like, obsessed with her lately. I think she's so cute. Um, Nabella Noor. I like Mariana Hewitt. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, Deepika. Deepika, of course. Start there. That's, like, a good place to start. Yeah. And you will, like, get – it will, like, take you down a hole. TikTok also. TikTok. Just talk to I any, anyone who's, like, under the age of 13. Just download the app and we'll just start suggesting some people. And then I was getting um, so many TikTok alerts on my watch. I had to, like, turn. It was TikTok like, is such a weird They're place. so smart. It's, like, at 3.30 every day. We have to do a whole episode about that because it's, like, this – it's, like, a post Vine but, like, something else because it's so music-based and, like – like, tweens are obsessed with it. I'm, like, obsessed with it. Yeah. I mean, I would never make a video, but... My cousin's daughter, who's 10 years old, like, this weekend I was with her and she was like, can you, like, film me on TikTok? Like, I know all the dances to all the songs that are all, like, weird little 10-second so things. Funny. I know. And she has, like, 400 videos on TikTok. But how old is she? 10. She shouldn't be on there. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I know. Don't let her be on there. I know. Okay, um, so that's TikTok, that's YouTube. Yeah, um, what a time. What a time to be alive. <laughs> okay, so this week, instead of answering questions that you guys wrote in, we actually just did like a mini interview with someone who we think is doing some really smart marketing for their business and we think will give you all kinds of good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and her name's Taylor and she works at Ladybird Studios, which is a wedding filmmaking company that we work with a lot at Love Stories TV. Um, So we're going to dive into that interview now. We are with Taylor Juarez, who is the studio manager and one of the lead shooters for Lady Bird Studios, um, which is run by Jordan Bunch. She's one of the filmmakers in the Love Stories TV community. So we're kind of combining two worlds right now, social media and Love Stories TV. I know. I'm into it. I feel like it's like a crossover. Yeah, it is a crossover. It's like we're bringing weddings like to the masses today. So we met Taylor a couple months ago at um, WPPI, which is a conference for wedding photographers and videographers. And we got into a really interesting conversation for marketing for wedding filmmakers that we felt was really appropriate for this podcast because so many little nuggets are so helpful for anyone who is kind of running or starting a business or doing marketing for a brand. And we wanted to kind of bring her on the podcast and ask her some questions. Yeah. So Taylor, tell the people about yourself. Who, yeah. How long have you been at Ladybird? What did you do before? And like, give us your your condensed life story. Hey guys. So I actually feel super lucky because I was about to graduate college in 2016 and was I, I went to school for acting in theater and I'd been doing film stuff. So I was already kind of in that creative world and 
was really looking for film jobs when I graduated. So I was just searching things. I was on Craigslist and I actually came across an ad that Jordan had put out looking for wedding filmmakers. And I was like, oh, wedding filmmaking. I didn't know that was a thing, but that sounds cool. Um, and the big thing for me was that it said no experience required. I want to train you from scratch. So I applied for his ad and I ended up getting the job. And so from there, you know, I started out as a part-time second shooter and I was thinking to myself, this is great, but I really want to see if I can like make something like this full-time so I don't have to go get other jobs and, and do other things because this really interests me. So in talking to Jordan, um, who at the time had just started Lady Bird, which at the time it was Lady Bird Wedding Films, he just started the company about a year ago. So it was really in the growth period. So I made it known to him early on. I said, I really am interested in this business and I would love to help you grow it. Um, I'm good at social media. I like marketing. Um, I would love to maybe help you with social media, anything I can kind of do to help you on the business side. Mm -hmm. So I kind of started small. He gave me access to the social media and said, okay, we'll see how that goes. You can post things and over time just added more and more responsibilities to my list and sort of we created this studio manager position for me. So that's kind of where I come from. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Jordan like is one of the, I mean, we should get Jordan on the pod sometime too. Mm -hmm. Like he, so for everybody listening, like he's a wedding filmmaker who's a super talented filmmaker and you would watch his wedding films and they sort of exemplify exactly what we always talk about at Love Story TV, which is like, they look more like, you know, feature film trailers than what people expect wedding videos to be. But he's also like um, an educator, you know, like he teaches at WPPI, which is like this giant conference that we, like we said, where we met Taylor at, um, in Las Vegas and he like travels around. So like, I, I can see how that would just be like an amazing opportunity to learn about filmmaking, but also like business. Like he did this thing at WPPI. Well, you did it with him. I love yeah. this. Okay. It was like a, a mock sales call. Yeah with a bride um because what's so fascinating like for context for everyone listening is like if you haven't planned a wedding before you are going to spend more on this wedding than you've ever spent on anything in your life and there's not a lot of like transparency in pricing because it's all custom right mm -hmm. like at the end of the day like everybody has a slightly different package for their wedding photo and for their wedding video and for their venue so like prices typically aren't like listed in the way they are for to like buy a t-shirt at Nordstrom. So, and people aren't used to like shelling out $5,000 or $7,500 or whatever. So like sales are like a huge part of it and make making people feel comfortable parting with that money. And so he does a lot of education, like on the business side and like mm -hmm. I've learned a lot, yeah. you know, and that I think applies to like small to medium businesses, like in any category. Totally. The sales call, I think was really cool because you guys did an example of one that like didn't go so well. And so you were showing both sides, like the bride sort of like not being interested, but also like on the, you know, the side of the business owner, like not really pushing or asking the right questions. And then you did an example of one that was asking the right questions. And I thought that was so helpful because people want to know that. They want like real tangible examples of like scripts or things that they can say, like templates and, yeah. and ways that they can kind of customize it for yeah. their own purposes. So I thought that was really helpful. Yeah, yeah, it can definitely be intimidating when you're getting those calls because sometimes you get those awesome ones that, you know, it's very easy to talk to the bride yeah. and they seem to have, you know, at least a baseline education on what you do and stuff. But it's tricky with those ones that, and a lot of times, you get those ones that just come to you and they're just like, hey, what's your pricing? Like, like, not that they're not interested in what you do and obviously they want to invest in a wedding film, but they're, you know, kind of nervous. They, they're not sure if they can afford it. You know, they just want to know the numbers and see if it's even possible. So that's where you kind of have to try to ease them into talking about themselves and their wedding. Like, let me get to know you. Like, we can talk about that in a minute, but, you know, let's try to kind of steer away from those questions and really like get to know the person because if you can do that no matter what kind of business you have if you can really connect with your client in the beginning that's going to leave a bigger impression than you know even though you want to answer their questions but you will but if you can connect with the client that is going to put you 
so much ahead of your competition because I guarantee you not a lot of people are doing that. Oh, totally. I mean, I think we were actually talking about this yesterday. We were doing our Love Series TV podcast and we had on um, a friend of ours who works at Kleinfeld Bridal. And it's the same thing. It's like your wedding dress is the most expensive dress you've ever bought. And people, so there's two, I think, like things that are going on, which could be applied to like all different industries. Like I've been guilty of this when I'm doing a vendor call. Um, like when I'm, I'm the potential customer of like a, like a mm-hmm. software vendor or something, which is like one, there's this like icky thing where people, some people like think they're about to be taken advantage of. Yeah. And like, I would love to get your like opinion on that too. Like, I don't know where that came from in weddings. I think it is because pricing isn't it's just like transparent, that. but it's not like for nefarious reasons. It's just like, it's custom. You're buying something custom, no matter who your vendor is or like even your dress or whatever, like it's just never off the shelf. So I think people are suspicious. Mm -hmm. And then I think the second thing is like, they've just never spent this much money. They've never bought flowers that cost $4,000 before. They've never bought a wedding video that costs anywhere from 1500 to $15,000. So like some people come at it being like, I think this person on the other side of the phone is like trying to take advantage of me. And I don't, I hate that. I don't yeah. really know where that came from, but I totally agree with you. It's like your primary job is like just to disarm them and just mm-hmm. to make them be like, you know, we're going to offer you something that you're really going to love. And if you don't buy it, like, it's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like yeah. where Taylor, do you have any feelings about like where that came from in weddings? That sort of like, I think it's just this whole thing with since video is, you know, relatively new in the industry, like photography has been around forever. People kind of know how that works, but video has just really become prevalent in the last probably five to 10 years. So there's a huge gap in what people, you know, what is it worth and why do I see some videographers charging $2,000 for package? And then there's some that get up to like 10 grand and why is one more expensive and how do I know what's good? And if I go cheaper, is it going to be a worse product? And so I think it's just not knowing kind of what to expect from video and what it's worth. And people don't understand what goes into it either, which is another great thing to talk to potential clients about. It's like, hey, let me explain what we do. Let me talk to you about our process. Here's kind of what it looks like from beginning to end to create a film for you. And And it's so different than photography. Like, yeah, photographers are like running around, like on their feet, plus all of the editing hours that go into it and adding in all those like additional things. So I think people don't realize that a lot of the time and they want to sort of like, yeah, I think to your point, it's like photography has been around just much longer and there's like just more of an understanding of what you're going to get with that. So there's a huge opportunity to educate around things like video. Yeah. Um, And I think we're in a period of huge education, both on the side of filmmakers and on the side of clients. And we're both learning each side of the business and trying to figure out how do we really show the industry what videography is, what filmmaking is, what the products are like, and how to build that relationship between filmmakers and their clients. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And obviously, like, not to toot our own horns, but we think that, like, Love Story TV is, like, you know, a really pivotal part mm-hmm. of that, you know, just is the first and only place, like, dedicated to wedding films. Like, just having something like that, you know, we believe and get the feedback from filmmakers, like, gives it a different type of elevation and, like, legitimacy. Um, so we're excited to see things keep continuing to move forward. So, you know, what I really want to chat about today that I think is relevant to like all of our listeners are like just the way you approach marketing. So, mm-hmm. so for a little bit more context, like we were at this conference and I go to a lot of these conferences. I did WPPI and I did a big conference for B&H Photo and I'm going out to Colorado next week. And a lot of what I talk about is social media for wedding filmmakers, but in a way that really could be applied to like any small business, particularly a business that has a lot of content or access to a lot of UGC, like if you have a lot of people talking to you. And a huge thing that I like harp on with people is like just appropriate communication and tagging. So it's like you took all this work to find a great Instagram video or photo to upload. Like it's really pretty, it's square or vertical, it has something interesting. And like 
the best thing you can do is like tag all of the people involved in the photo or in the video, in the caption, use the right hashtags, then DM that photo or video to all the people you tagged and make sure they know about it so they can share it or like take it a step further and like email it to them. And we were, I was sort of talking about this and Taylor, you know, you'd be shocked how many people don't do this and you guys do and do a lot of that. So like maybe you could talk a little bit about like, you know, how this works. So like you guys produce a film for a couple, you show it to them, they love it. And then like, how do you think about working with them to get more people to see that video? Because that's how you're going to get more clients. Yes. So one thing that is kind of a rarity in this industry, which to me is shocking just because it seems like a no brainer. But once I've sent the wedding film to the couple, you know, I kind of wait a little bit just to see if they're going to come back and if they need any more edits or if they love it or whatever. But, you know, about a week or so later, I will send the film to the entire vendor team from that wedding. So prior to the wedding happening, I always ask brides or the planner, please send me a list of all the vendors. I like to know who we're working with, first of all. And, you know, it's fun to see like, oh, yeah, these are our friends. We're working with them again. But then afterwards, I like to send the film to the entire vendor team, like even the cake lady and the flower person, like all these people that will not expect to see the film. So when you send it, they're blown away. They're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sending this. I, this just made my day. Like I didn't expect to get to see my cake and there it is. And like all these small vendors that you don't, that don't expect, like, cause they're not in the forefront of the day and like, you know, photos and video may go to the planners and the couples, but all those other vendors aren't expecting it. So that's a great thing. Um, and then once I kind of send that out, a lot of times I'll make a blog about the wedding and I'll ask the photographer, hey, can you send us some of the photos from the wedding? We'd love to feature them and tag you and we're doing this blog. So a blog push is another way to get a film out there. And then I like to kind of trim the video up into clips that will fit on Instagram and I'll post them over the weeks and tag people. And so that's kind of like how I like to market videos. And so you'll take one film and make several clips as sort of teasers for the film to share on Instagram? Yes. So I have like a folder on my computer that's just tons of wedding films that have been chopped up into clips under 60 mm -hmm. seconds. So it's just part of my, you know, and I post seven days a week on our social media. And I, ha mm -hmm. I have kind of a, a mixture of stills from video, photographs, because we also do photography, and then video clips. So mm -hmm. I work that into my weekly social media schedule all the time. So I'm always chopping up new films, working them into my social media flow. So there's always content seven days a week. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so smart. Like, right. I mean, you sort of said exactly what the thesis of Love Stories TV is. And like, we do the same thing. So when Lady Bird uploads a video to Love Stories TV and Taylor you know, tags all of the vendors on love stories so that like those credits are there for brides and grooms who are browsing our site. We also send an automated email to all those people that Taylor tagged being like, you've been featured in a video on Love Story CV. And so like in the case of your business, they're going to have already seen that video before, but just think it's cool that they're on this giant website. But you'd be shocked how many people like that's the first time they've ever seen the video is when we tell them they were in it. And I'm always so surprised that the videographer didn't do that. Um, and so, but I, what I love, like the thing that you're doing that I love the most is honestly like not just tagging in the social posts, but like that email. And so like, I think this is a thing that like all businesses could like benefit from. So it's like, you know, let's say I'm trying to think of like businesses that have like a lot of, um, get a lot of UGC, like anomaly stands out to me, which is like a dress, um, designer that we work with that does custom. So brides are like so excited. They're like posting their, their dresses, like obviously birch box and all the subscription boxes. And it's like, we actually used to come across this a lot at birch box. It's like, we would see all of the photos girls posted of their birch box because they would tag birch box, but they weren't necessarily tagging all the individual brands. So then we would send those photos to the brands being like, Hey, did you see these pictures of you? And they were like, so happy and then they would share them and that was just like more promo for Birchbox. So I think like kind of, you know, it's going to apply to different brands in different ways, but it's like sometimes things that don't scale are the most powerful things. And it's like, maybe yeah. you can't email, like in Taylor's case, she can send an email for everyone, but like maybe in your business you can't. But if like, if you work with an influencer, for example, let's say you're like a fashion brand and you work with an influencer and she posts your like jacket 
And she goes ahead and also like tags like all the other clothes, like reach out to that brand and be like, Hey, like we paid this influencer to do this thing, but she also featured your brand. Like, would you also share it? Or like, you know, should we collab on something? Like, you know, I, I think it's an underutilized like tactic of, of brands and businesses. Yeah. And they don't, a lot of brands don't think to do that, especially if they're kind of smaller. Yeah. And I think it's such a missed opportunity because it kind of goes back to this point of like, you know, you're building a relationship and that is going to be the most powerful thing that will allow you to scale. So being able to, you know, send out emails to everyone who's tagged in the video and just, you know, put that in front of them so they have an asset is really important. And you can do that when you have the flexibility at this stage. Exactly. And especially, you know, you say it doesn't always happen on a smaller scale with smaller businesses, but that's where it should be happening. We all have small businesses. We're all trying to grow. And if we, if you come at it from a team standpoint, you know, for weddings, it's like the vendor team is a team. We all have a part in this day. We're all on the side of the bride and groom serving them for what they want. We're a team. We all achieved this day together. We need to share everyone's stuff, you know, bond together after the fact. And then that's how you get referrals. That's how brides see all these vendors working together. They see everyone sharing everything. And it really sticks out. Like it really will stand out in the social media world that all these vendors are friends. They're all sharing this stuff. They all worked on this wedding. And it it's just a domino effect. That's totally true. So one thing I'd love to like chat about, you know, before we go is like you are in this unique position where you have like tons of content to post on your Instagram. And it sounds like you're doing that in like a really strategic way. Talk to us a little bit about like what is your top performing content? Like mm-hmm. what um I I mean I I imagine you probably post almost all your weddings just cuz I think weddings are a little different where it's like like we see this at love stories and and we were chatting about this actually before the call is like the weddings that perform the best on our social media and in our email and on our website are not like the most expensive, like most epic weddings. They're the ones where the couple has like the best story because people like are interested in like human relationships and like the emotional side. And, you know, sometimes we'll post a video on Facebook and that bride will share it and then all her family and friends will share it and it will be like a top performing post like for traffic and views. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, a, I think weddings are like unique in that way. But Taylor, like what do you see, what like performs the best for you? Like tips you can give other people in weddings or otherwise? I mean, it's really becoming more prevalent that video is top performing. People want to see things um, and they want to see them at the right length as well, which is why having clips for Instagram is so useful and doing stories. Honestly, like, you know, I post all these things. I post every day and I, you know, kind of keep track of how many likes happen, but people, more people will view our stories than our posts sometimes, a lot of times. If I'm just Mm -hmm. at a wedding and I just doing, you know, BTS of us shooting stuff and little clips from the day, or we're doing a bridal show or anything where I can just sort of post, this is what Ladybird Studios is up to on our stories. We get so many views on our stories and I'll scroll through and I will see how many of those are actually brides, brides who have already booked us, brides who we've already done their wedding a year ago and clients who I know are looking at us but haven't booked yet, but they're watching our stories. They're liking our stuff. And that really kind of stands out to me. So, I mean, video is just really, really hot right now. So if you're for anyone's business, I would highly encourage you to think more about how you can incorporate video into your marketing strategy because it is just such an amazing tool to engage your audience. I'm obsessed with you. You're like doing a commercial for us. I, I mean, know. literally. <laughs> no, it's the truth. And I mean, people don't, it's hard. Like people, I mean, that's why brands want to work with us and why vendors want to work with us and why you're so smart to give them access to the video because like, it's not just like a photo. Like it's, it's, logistically harder to get video files and post them and Mm -hmm. post them in a way that looks good. You know, it's like this thing I harp on all the time is like, and this is a really problem in the wedding spaces, like horizontal videos on Instagram, like they just look so teensy. And like, I think what you guys do, which is smart is like, if you don't have a vertical video, like post an image as the first still in the slideshow or post an image and click through to a video, you know, but like try to get that vertical crop, like giving 
other brands and businesses access to video content that features them, it's like you're doing them such a favor. Yeah. You know? That's all, like, any brand, like, is looking for right now. Mm -hmm. They don't – they are so confused. It's, like, too complicated for them to figure out video. They think it's going to be, like, crazy expensive, and they want to be able to leverage it somehow. um, Yeah. Which is why, like, they're coming to places like Love Stories and get to, like – Show these beautiful love stories. Another thing that happens is after I send those videos out to vendor teams, you wouldn't believe how many times a vendor will come back and be like, hey, is there any way I could just, you know, use some of these clips for my website? Could I, you know, or could we set up a time maybe to like, you know, create a video that's kind of tailored to my business? And a lot of times, like, for example, we have done this for several DJs where they're like, hey, we love your footage. Like, first of all, thank you so much for like, filming us on the wedding day and putting that in your video that's awesome that you just showed us second of all can we use some of these clips and we'll kind of do like sure we'll just take footage we've already shot at you know weddings if we've done several weddings with a dj we'll kind of compile the footage we have of them and we'll make them a minute promo video that they can toss on their website throw on their instagram and so we've done things like that for several vendors where we're just taking footage we have shot of them at weddings and mashing up a little promo that they can use. Yeah, so, so you're so helping smart. them market their businesses, which is just like, you know, an entourage effect of working together. Totally. Which is cool. We per- we um, released a tool um, like several months ago, which I like always, always encourage people to take advantage of, which is like any wedding vendor. So this is like the 30,000 wedding businesses who are tagged on Love Stories TV can actually log into their account and pull like a little um html code and copy and paste it onto their website it's really easy and it automatically publishes all the videos from love story cv that feature them as the florist or as the venue or as the planner and you can put it on your website and you have like an instant video gallery yeah and it's like that would be so difficult for them to do on their own um and so like you know i just love you guys just like really get it i think and like are doing a lot of trying to do do the same things we're trying to do, which is like help people like harness the power of video. So, yep. And if you can make it easier for vendors to where they don't have to think too much about it and they can just get videos of them working in their industry, it's just invaluable. They're going to use it. Totally. Um, any parting advice before we let you go, like any tips and tricks for people who are, you know, like just starting a social media program at their business or, Um, you know, like want to do a better job, like collaborating with people that they partner with offline, you know, like any, any parting words? I would just say, because this is something I could talk about for another two hours, social media, but just in general, I would say no matter what your business is, know your market and know your audience. Not every social media, um, channel is right for everybody. For us, it's Facebook and Instagram. For other people, Twitter might be huge. So like just sort of know, decide what channels are going to be best for your audience and then just delve into those and get really specific, have a variety of content and engage with your audience in different ways. Like don't just post. Also do stories. Also follow other people in your market. For us, we follow lots of wedding vendors. They follow back. We like their stuff. We comment on their stuff and just be engaged. That's really the best advice I can give is just be engaged. Don't just post and then leave it or kind of, you know, you you have to stay active. It's just how the, how the market is nowadays with social media and business. Um, so Taylor, where can people find you and Ladybird Studios on Instagram? So we're super easy across the board, just Ladybird Studios on Instagram, you know, Facebook, we're Ladybird Studios. If you want to watch our films, you can go to Love Stories TV. We also have like our full collection of films on YouTube. So you can just search Ladybird Studios on YouTube or go to our website, ladybirdstudios.com. And yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, the thank pod. you, Taylor. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Okay, it's time for games. Game time. What game should we play? Um, should we start with roulette? Yeah, I, was I feel say like roulette that. always helps me like think of a good do you yeah. follow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, let's pick a number seven. Lucky number seven. Okay, ready? ready? 
Go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I'm pregnant, which like people don't. I guess I'm just so pregnant now that the pictures are, it's just like obvious. And so like everybody's like (laughs) messaging me and they're like, are you pregnant? I'm like, yeah, super. But anyway, so (laughs) I've been, so obviously I started following a lot of like, I don't follow any like mommy blogger content because I like don't care. Well, okay, no, I do. I mean, I follow the people I always followed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always followed something Navy. I was going to say And I always followed the Every Girl, and now they have, like, Every Girl Mom. Hmm. No, I was thinking, oh, like, Cupcakes and Cashmere, I, like, always followed, like, Whitney Port. Like, tons of, like, mommy people. Yeah. But I guess the point is I probably, I think I followed them before they had kids. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just having kids, like, late, so, like, now, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, okay, but the point is. I started following all these accounts. Um, you can like watch live births on Instagram. What? Yeah, I've watched oh, like my God. hours of like lo- like births, like babies coming out. Um, I'm not like I just think it's like interesting, and it, I'm like not. I think, are they like professionally produced videos or like phone no, videos? no, no, no? They're like iPhone videos of like babies coming out of humans, and they're mostly like tub. It's like a lot of tub births yeah. because I think if you were a doctor give performing a birth in a hospital and mm-hmm. someone was trying to like iPhone it you would be like get the who's f- taking out the of video of them well these Partners? a lot of these home births that are like in tubs like there just seems to be like quite a lot of people around there's like wow. doulas and midwives and like husbands no a lot of time the husbands or the or the partners are like in the tub yeah it's very like no they're mostly home births but um they really get up in there whoa anyway so <laughs> this account that I just landed on is called Birth Smarter. Birth Smarter, okay. Okay, so this is actually just, so, so my point is now I'm following all these weird, not weird, but like all these random accounts. Who I started knew? following one like account to like watch all these births and then they like started suggesting yeah. me more and like tagging more because so you, you like, like went down to, a hole. Did you want to prep yourself or were you just like curious? I think I just got like served one. No, I definitely didn't go like search like Oh, and when I say live, God, that's like a creepy thing. I mean like, uh, I just mean like a real yeah. birth video yeah. happening in real time. Yes. Not like a well-produced. <laughs> no, I mean live like um, it's shot live, not like a beautiful wedding video, like yeah. day of, like not like a birth story video. Yeah. Which I also think are very cool and like we uh-huh. do a little bit with that at Love Stories. Live, I mean like in real time. Yeah. Okay. So this account, it's called Birth Smarter. This woman teaches about birth and parenting. I don't, like, actually remember her personally. But I just, like, ended up on her account, like, from all these other accounts. Mm -hmm. Here is one thing I've been following on the mommy blogger thing. You know, you download these apps to, like, keep track of the weeks and stuff. Yeah. And the comments in the apps are crazy. It makes the comments on Skinny Confidential look normal. I know. I have to tell you you a crazy Skinny Confidential thing. Uh. Is it bad? Yeah. This, you guys, okay, if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to stop posting really personal details about yourself in Facebook yeah. groups. I'm really worried that people are going to get themselves in trouble. Oh, God. This woman posted in a Facebook group with her real name that her partner, her boyfriend, she found some browsing history on his phone that indicated that he had been watching... X-rated content. X-rated content <laughs> that, like, was outside of her expected gender orientation for him. Oh, okay. okay. Which could be just exploratory. Like, it could be anything. Yeah. But the point is, like, she – like, I'm not making a value judgment on that. That's, yes. like, not the point of this. The point is she posted about it in a Facebook group under her real name. And I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen and so I, like, clicked her name. I was so curious. I, like, clicked yeah. her name. And there's pictures of the boyfriend on her <gasps> Facebook page. Like, someone you know is going to see that. Like, you guys, everyone, you have to stop. Yeah, it's not you, an anonymous message board. It's not an anonymous message board. I'm so worried for people. Like, Why this don't guy hasn't. Get that? I don't know. It really worries me and upsets me. Okay, so anyway, the pregnancy apps, it's the same thing. People yeah. post the craziest stuff in there. Those are a little more anonymous. I don't think you could find these people. But, still, but I'm just like, like, text your girlfriend. Like, God. Okay, but so anyway, so the pregnancy apps are too scary to like read the comments. Yeah. Like, so you're kind of curious, like, 
what's going on with other people who are the same pregnancy as me. Yeah. You know, just because, yeah. like, I don't know, I've never done this before. So I started searching the hashtags that were, like, that's probably how I got served this, like, Birth Smarter account. Yeah. Um. What uh, hashtags do you search? Okay, so right today I'm, like, 32 weeks. So you can you search search oh. 32 weeks pregnant and you can see. Wow. And there's 388,000 posts. Oh, yeah. Well, because hashtag. most people that aren't me do a post like every week and they uh-huh. post their belly and they post themselves like naked pregnant. I mean, yeah. everybody's wild. But um, it is sort of interesting just to get a sense of like what do other people look like 32 weeks pregnant. And not from like a vein, not like I care how I look, but just like, I don't know, you're just like curious. Like yeah. what's going on with other people? I don't know. And, it's um, like how you want to know, like, what is the, what are other people's wedding budgets? Like, what's yeah, this Yeah, it's just, like, like helpful, yeah. I think. So I did start following some bloggers, actually, because of it. Oh, this is so wild. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. And most of this is just, like, really cute, like, regular people just, like, they do a post every week or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, pretty sweet. Some of it's Whoa. wild. <laughs> Um, but anyways, that's, like, a thing on Instagram that you wouldn't know about. Yeah. Um, until you find yourself in that situation. And it's definitely, like, you go down a hole. Yeah, you go down, like, a deep hole, and then Instagram starts serving you different stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, like, I started following this woman, Lily, okay, Lynn's... Lindsay Lane Watts. Do you know who she is? No. She's like a fashion blogger. She sort of has like a something Navy-esque like mm-hmm. style. She's like super cute. So I like discovered her through one of those hashtags because I think she's like oh. the same amount of pregnancy as me-ish. And then I started following her. And also, it was like, okay, that is just a excellent use case for, for hashtags. hashtags. Yeah, for People, hashtags. People, you get followers from using hashtags. Yeah, 100, 100%. Yeah. So I started following her. And she just, like, has cute pregnancy outfits and, like, you know, that's the same reason you follow any blogger. Like, you want to know, like, what pregnancy jeans is she buying? Like, yeah. how did she dress pregnant for that, like, party? I have to go to a party. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then she, um, she has placenta previa and, like, ended up in the hospital. Oh. She's fine. But I ended up on, like, this deep, like, she, like, shared the whole thing. And yeah. now and it's, like, it's just crazy. It's such a journey. Yeah. So I guess my do you, I'm going to loop this in with my yeah, do you do follow. You, Why yeah. don't you follow Lindsay? I think That's she's a good one. Lindsay Lane Watts. I think she used to be a fashion stylist. She has like adorable fashion. She lives Her in Instagram New York. Her Lindsay Lane Style, L-I-N-D-S-I-L-A-N-E Style. Yep. Okay. Great. What's your roulette? Okay. My roulette is Benny Drama 7. Do you know Benny Drama? Oh my god, do I? It sounds good. I hope you do. If you do, it sounds familiar. Like me? No, I don't. Oh my god, him. Rachel, you have to get on the Benny Drama train. He's my one of my favorite comedians on Instagram. That's the picture that I landed on. He's which, so cute. He's and so handsome. beautiful. Like yeah. he's so handsome. Like so, he got kind of like Instagram famous because he does really good impressions of. Um, a lot of celebrities, especially Uh the Kardashians. So he does a really good um, Kylie, and he goes, Stormy. And then he also does these really, like, meme meme style. I know. Meme style, um, like, zodiac signs. So he'll, like, embody all of the stereotypes of a zodiac sign and then does this, like, really funny funny video. Um, this is a good follow. Yeah. And I found him through another comedian I follow who is called Chloe is crazy and they do a lot of stuff together, but he kind of like, this is an interesting thing. Like he's sort of a post YouTube. So he got famous from Instagram, like doing these little shorts on Instagram Mm -hmm. and now uses YouTube as a place to like house more of his content that he wants to do like longer. And He's he lives in New York. He I've been following him for like a year, and he is so funny. It's so good. And that's my roulette. That's a good roulette. Mm-hmm. So and your follow and my follow. Yeah, because oh, you land you just found him on roulette, I found but him you on recommend it. following. Him. Yeah. Okay, that's a good mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Can I do one more? Yeah, recommended follow because this is so funny. Okay, so now it's like warm out. You can like walk, but I was like, I need to exercise more and like. I wanted to get this, like, elliptical. It's not, like, a big elliptical machine. It's, like, a mini elliptical mm-hmm. that, like, 
it's like the size of like a, I don't know, it's like 12 inches by like six inches. And you oh. just like stand on it and like pedal. I know exactly what you're okay, talking about. Okay, and I discovered it from my new favorite Instagram account <laughs> that if Which we had done what? do you follow this is I just statement fact hard period favorite Instagram account. whoa this is a bold statement it's called things I bought and liked this was made for me this <laughs> was literally made for me this woman who does this she lives in Houston Texas I don't know her name has an Wait, Instagram account. did you tell me about this before? probably because it's my favorite thing you on the did. internet yes. this is all I care about this is all I want this is like 50% of the reason that I'm friends with Molly Chen. That's a joke, but not really. Because I do not want to read. I Please oh. never make me research a purchase decision again. Just tell me what to buy. Yeah, I'm so disinterested in figuring out what to buy. But so how did okay. you find this and why do you I, trust her? I have no idea how I found it. And I trust her because that's a really interesting question. I think just like reading her captions and watching her stories and looking at things in aggregate, mm. you can tell like this girl, you just like start to trust her. Interesting. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously these are like affiliate, but like the products are so random. Yeah. Because she's not, so they are wax cleaner is on here. It's like really, <laughs> it's just like the uh, random assort so she's not maybe she's done some brand partnerships but most of this stuff is not like sponsored uh-huh. it's like affiliate which a feels like a little more trustworthy yeah um and just like the random assortment makes you feel like it like must be real and some of it is stuff that I would like never buy like she's talking about like Nestle coffee mate sugar-free hazelnut yeah non-dairy creamer yeah poison right poison that I would never <laughs> buy like, but she also, like, appeals to my, like, basic Midwest, like, sensibilities. Oh. Like, okay, here's this one that. This is, like, a nice that one stuck Serena and Lily so dupe from Target for, like, a hamper. That's Okay, cute. here's her caption. It, no, it's a trash can, a bathroom trash can. I read this one. Oh. Do you know what makes your guests more uncomfortable than watching you bicker with your partner or discipline your children with your eyes? Seeing your bathroom trash. <laughs> Bathroom trash is the grossest trash and contains evidence of the Hershey kisses you stress ate. Oh my god, I love Cover your shame, get a trash can with a lid. Like, it's just so practical. Yeah. And the price is $20. Like, I just love it. Or like she, okay, so anyway, so I'm going to scroll back. So she posted this thing. Oh, she must have been pregnant. (laughs) Oh, this was like a. You got this because of her. I wanted it. Justin wouldn't let me get it. He was like, you're not getting that. That's wild. Okay. Oh my God. Anyway, the point is she got this like mini like elliptical. It's like $45. And it's like a wow. stepper. It's like a mini stepper that I that I like wanted it. And Justin was like, you're not buying that. Um, Because, and then she also has like Benefit Hula bronzer on here, which is the, yeah, I don't use bronzer, one. but like it's like agreed upon by all as like being the best bronzer, right? Yeah. So like, I don't know. Anyway, I'm obsessed with this Instagram account. Wait, so this, this is, is like all really I want in my life. Because it's like, we talk about how like, we don't trust just regular random reviews because it's just like the masses and like who are those? But people? I know enough about her by seeing yeah. it all in aggregate. I'm starting yes. to like learn about her. I think that she does really like stories a little bit, and she just makes it easy. Like sometimes, like I'm on a, like my most annoying thing is when I'm following an influencer and like they don't tell me where they got every single yeah. thing in the picture. Like I'm following you to buy the shoes you're wearing. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, totally. But I feel like. You know how on Amazon there's some like really good reviews sometimes like people are yeah you can just like tell yeah like they should figure out how to Mm -hmm. make a better community out of reviewers where you like you can follow them you can follow see that they can be like little influencers I totally agree because right it's like seeing all the products in aggregate gives you a sense of her. In this, like, different so way. And there's things on here I know. Like, she <gasps> the has Dyson the Dyson hair dryer. dryer. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, like, enough things that I, like, recognize. Anyway. And her account's not even that long. There's, like, not even that much stuff on here. That's how long it. it is. She has a lot of followers. hundred. I know. Anyway. Okay. That was, like, a long app, but we've been gone for a while. Yeah. So I feel like y'all deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you wanted it or not, you got it. If you want us to answer your questions about social media marketing um or anything related to that you Mm -hmm. can how can people ask us questions Juliet 
You can DM me and Rachel at jdalphine and at Rachel Jo Silver. And you can also send us an email if you have a longer question to do you follow podcast at gmail.com. And we're taking new submissions for questions because we're going to restart this yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're back. I know yeah. we've been on sort of like a lumpy. Yeah. But like a hiatus slash some like random eps. But yeah, but we're back we're with back. some passion. For yeah, social media marketing. There's not really any news on that, by the way. We were just like really yeah. busy with our yeah jobs at Love Stories TV, <laughs> and we have another podcast which you might or may not listen to. Love Stories Radio. If you're engaged or in weddings, you will find it really helpful. You will we talk about so wedding helpful. advice. Um, that's it. But make okay. sure you subscribe to Do You Follow Podcast on iTunes. It helps other people find us, and if you like what you hear tell other people about it and leave a review but what did you leave leave a good review yeah leave a good review (laughs) not just positive but like add some details yeah (laughs) um okay we'll see you later Bye. bye